We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Tottenham Hotspur 1, Newcastle United 1 on a Sunday afternoon where anything seemed possible apart from a Newcastle goal. But a goal we got, a point we got. You've got Alex Hurst, Ben Wade and Charlotte Robinson to talk you through what on earth happened and where this ridiculous football club go from here. Going to kick things off with a little reminder for all you listeners. Brand new issue of True Faith fanzine. It only costs £2.50 plus postage and packaging. We'll also do a £1.50 digital issue as well. If you'd like to read it, there's only one of them. There's only one paper fanzine left. Um, we'll post it, or I personally will post it to you anywhere in the world, um, as long as Royal Mail goes there. And it's within our budget and postage restrictions. So consider buying it if you haven't. Thanks to everyone who has bought it. Another record day sales over the weekend. It's been tough going because all the shops have got no one in them. So we've lost out big time on those sales. And to keep it alive, I need lots of people to buy it. So that would be Champion. There is a link in the description of this. And if you follow us at TFNUFC or you follow me, uh, you've probably been spammed already with it. So I'll stop talking about it, but please buy it. <laughs> right, we went to Spurs and off the, on the back of a hearty win at Morecambe. And, you know, I think discussion pre-game was about would any of those lads force them force their way into the team? How would Bruce set up after the horror show against Brighton? And I think I think even the kind of most negative Newcastle fan, and of course I'm talking about Simon Campbell, um <laughs> would have been hard pressed to predict the absolute dominance that Spurs displayed in that first half and the fact that I had thirteen shots or something to Dubravka. He reminds me of Dubravka. <laughs> Carl Darlow produces like literally four saves. And in, in, in the free kick, great save. Um, but the, the rebound from Kane and the one where the Kane has the header, Kane should score both of those. I think God, I think Darlow does, does great, but shit, Kane, he doesn't get ever criticized ever about anything, Harry Kane. Um he should score those. So that's that's how that's how good a saves the win, and the game should have been out of sight by half time. We're going to get right into it. We're going to get into the to the penalty. We're going to get into the one or two good performances. I think I referenced half of the good performances, um, and we're going to talk about VAR and all that. But Ben, I, I want to I want to bring you in first because I want to get right into what the fuck we witnessed in the first forty five in particular. Um, and it was just like you were sending me WhatsApps, Ben. You're absolutely foaming, you know, with the way Bruce set the team up. And it's like, I feel like we're doing the same podcast that we did after we got humped 5-0 by Man City in April mm-hmm. when we seem to have set the team up to give the opposition the maximum amount of possession and chance chances to score. It's almost like, right, we'll want the opposition <laughs> to maybe be 5-0 at half-time, lads. This is how I want you to set up. How did you say it? It's bizarre, isn't it? It's I'd, I'd, I'd love to, to know what Bruce thought. It was almost like... It's it's almost like goading them. Come on, then, like punches as hard as you can, type of thing. Um, I I don't I don't really understand what he he, he thought was 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 going to happen in in playing that, especially given that he he came out himself and criticised the five at the back as not working on numerous occasions last season. Um, yet he loves to to chuck it out there every now and again just to to remind everybody, um, how tactically inept we we have become. Um, I mean, start is when you when when you've got an injury crisis, particularly at centre centre halves, 
Uh, you don't want to get as many centre-halves on the pitch as, as you can. Um, so starting Isaac Hayden, Hayden as as a, a, a third centre-back was just an absolute bizarre bizarre um, decision. I think he's, he's obviously trying to match them up, I'm guessing, one-on-one for, for their front three. But um, Isaac Hayden is not a centre-back. And and basically was was left out hung, hung out to dry a bit. I think being asked to play that centre back role, um, and it it basically we got what what he deserved in terms of it was a complete dominant display from Spurs where um, we didn't press anyone um, up to the halfway line so that their centre backs and and the, the ball play midfielders playmakers were able to just come and get the ball easy no problem look up have all the time in the world to then pick the pass they want. And even then, when the ball was coming into the box, there wasn't really any pressure on 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 the player receiving the ball. There, there was a couple of moves where Spurs played some nice sort of one-touch football around where, but there's absolutely nobody like looking to get any pressure on them. When you think the whole point of playing five at the back is to crowd space, make sure that they're they're um, they're pressed when the ball comes in and and make it difficult and make them have to have a, a, the perfect touch. Uh, there was just none of that, and it was. It, it just led to, as you say, <laughs> um, Spurs v Darlow for for the first forty five, and and it was just, to be honest, it's it would have served we're right to be five five or six nil down at half time, um, and at Bruce's luck. I mean, I, I don't know where uh, is is he Irish or something? He must have some sort of Irish heritage or something. Because is that it, why he bought Jeff Henrik? Probably, <laughs> just just add a little bit more. Uh, like, get, I'd I'd love to know what he's thinking. Uh, the lottery numbers are going to be because he's he's looked <laughs> last season and carrying on this season at times um, is ridiculous. And uh, yeah, it was just it was just an embarrassment. I think that's I mean, Bright Brighton was really really poor. Um, obviously, got off to a terrible start. And to be honest, that we, we should have we could have been in exactly the same situation, like two 0 down inside the first five minutes. Would it wouldn't have been a, a shock again? Um, and it's just it it just. I don't quite understand what he's like. What what he's, he's he's trying to go for there in terms of if if he's got a plan, the players didn't have a clue what it was, and some somebody's got to take the brunt of that. And unfortunately, it's got to be Bruce. Um, it was just a, a, a dire dire forty five minutes, um, and I, I, it it was so so lucky that it was only one at half time. I'd love I'd love to see the post game analysis of the start of the game. I assume they watched the matches back, at least the highlights or key moments. The, f- the first 20 seconds against West Ham, Andy Carroll assaulted someone and got away with it. <laughs> the first 20 seconds against Brighton were basically gave away a pen and lost the game. And in the first 20 seconds here, yeah, John Joe Shelby brings down a player like from behind, sides him down to give away free, like a direct free kick like 18 yards from goal. Like talk about starting badly and setting the tone for the rest of the game. You know, I am going to get into the tax little, tactics a little bit, but Charlotte... Is there a is there a valid opinion? Well, there is an opinion out there. Is it valid that you know what going away to a top six side, getting a point is far more relevant and far more important in terms of how you got it? Because there are, I am seeing that kind of thing. Not lots of it, but I'm seeing it kind of. It's not whinging. We've got a point. How many times have we been away to top six sides in the past? However many years. And just got beaten comfortably, and we've got a point, and something should be said for that. Um, <clears throat> it's not my job. I can't say if it's valid or not um, to have that opinion. Um, I think, I think if I'd just seen the scoreline and um, and not the game, I think if if I, if that had been the case, I would have been like, oh, brilliant, a, a point at Spurs, away at Spurs, like that's excellent. I, I was not expecting that four points from three games. Um, after a performance like the one we put in at Brighton, but I did watch the game, and I, I, I mean, yeah, okay, I, I can't really argue with the fact that a point is a good thing. We, um, if your go, if your aim here for the season is to, um, is to just avoid relegation, then fine, yeah, that is that is good. It's not bad form so far, but um. But I, I mean, I said it on the on the preview podcast that we did with Craig Cope. I think we all said it. We're, we're looking for like better football or some kind of identity in our team. And I did not see that yesterday. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see 
um, better football. Um, as Ben said, it should have been like five or six nil up um, at half time. Um, so it, I can I can see that point. I can see in theory, yeah, a point away at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is a is a good thing, but. I I think it's just it was just so lucky that we got it that it it still feels like I'm still worried about our season. I think I was supposed to be positive about this and I have not been able to be. I would never tell you one way or the other how to feel, Charlotte. <laughs> Feelings are your own and we're here to talk about them uh, on this True Faith podcast. The 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 thing about this game yesterday is it was a bit like Brighton, and I wasn't on the show for Brighton last week. George Calkin very kindly stepped in as, as the free podcast guest. We're supposed to have Andy Griffin tonight, but he couldn't make it, so he's doing a patron show tomorrow instead. If you think Roy Keane is harsh on modern footballers, you want to listen to Andy Griffin. <laughs> I cannot wait for him to absolutely tear into this. He doesn't he doesn't mix his words. We'll get him on a free show soon. Um But it's like you know, when the Brighton team sheet was announced and Andy Carroll was playing and it was just like Right here we go. This is how it's going to be. This is mental. When when he picked that formation, two, two things stood out. Well, number one, like John Joe Shelby in midfield, which we're going to come on to with Ben. Um, and number two was well, two out of three actually playing Matt Ritchie at left back ahead of Wilson. Where does the goal come from, Matt Ritchie at left back? It's a it's a dreadful selection. Do you mean Lewis? I mean Lewis. <laughs> I was going to say Wilson at left back probably would have been would have would have, I, don't, I don't think he would have conceded. He would have got more of the ball um, yeah. if he played left back. Sorry, Lewis. I was thinking about Wilson um, at the same time because he's just brilliant. But we're going to talk about that later as well. But also this this decision, like Ben alluded to before, to play five at the back. Like we've we've done this, Steve. We've done it. Like we did this last season, where we went away from home and played with five defenders, three centre backs, and two what used to be wing backs, but are just defenders now. And it and it's just gone so horrifically wrong that you had to completely tear up the whole tactical imprint of the season in a massive gamble in March to try and save the season. And it worked. So we did the right thing, yet we've gone back to it. And I've just, I had a look at the stats, and I tweeted this during the game yesterday. The last four away games before yesterday, so these stats don't even include yesterday. The last four away games, playing that formation with these players, most of these players, um, Newcastle have had four shots on target. In four games, that's one a game, which to be fair is better than we've managed so far this season. <laughs> um, the, the opponents have had 28 shots on target across those games. So those stats will be even worse now because of the game yesterday. Mm. Uh, before yesterday, in the last four games playing this formation away from home, we'd scored none. The opponents had scored 10. We'd won none of those games. And bear in mind, you know, yeah, we played um, Arsenal and... Palace uh, and Man City in the in these I'm including these in these games, but also played Brighton and Palace, two two teams that I think we finished above last season. Yeah. Um. So 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 the you know when Steve Bruce is setting up, if I'm a player in that situation and I hear we're going to go back to this formation, I'm thinking, okay, what what are we going to do differently to those four horror shows? Now the only one which wasn't a horror show, those probably Brighton away, was a terrible terrible game. But it did go better than Brighton at home, so you know maybe there was maybe that was part of the thought process. I, I probably think we were so open against Brighton that also um, influenced the manager's decision. But the fact is, in it, in this is this is what I don't feel is is touched on enough by professionals and pundits. I mean, like it, like on Sky and stuff like that. Like when they're talking about formations and like we play this formation, you assume to be more defensively solid. Yet when we play this formation. We get worse defensively. <laughs> like, doesn't make any sense at all. Like, and, and like I say, surely someone's got to put their hand up at the back of the room. I don't know. I'll pick like who you know Isaac Hayden because he he speaks his mind as we've seen on the pitch. Surely he's got to say what we're going to do differently from from the last time this didn't work. And like, you know, what would the answer be to that? Because like Ben said at the start of the show, we've got a point, but we've we've gone away to Spurs. And we've been unbelievably easy to play against. It's it's almost been like a dream. And you have to give credit that in the second half, I thought Spurs massively stepped off the gas. 
But also, you have to give credit to Newcastle for that because it was one-way traffic in the first half. Spurs still could have scored a couple in the second half, but Newcastle were in the game. Bruce correctly changed the formation, <laughs> and that worked. Obviously, it worked because it couldn't get any worse. Uh, and we did, even though we absolutely didn't pressure the Spurs goal whatsoever, we were at least in the game, whereas in the first half, it was almost like, what am I doing with my Sunday here? Watching this absolute nonsense. Um, so, like, I think I think the concerning thing for me is just, like, we've done this, we've, we've been through this. Like, the point of last season was, like, right, new manager, came in late, didn't really have a transfer window, doesn't really know the players. That, you know, he's had three transfer windows now. Every single one of those players was either signed by him or given a new contract under him yesterday. I think uh, Jamal Asselz is the only one who hasn't signed a new contract under him. But, you know, it's not like he doesn't want him in the team. So... Like, I would just love to have some justification. And it's, yeah, I get, I get it. And I appreciate Steve Bruce's honesty after the game saying we're, we're dreadful. I get it. You're, you're right. Spot on. Same as he was right when we played the same way against Manchester City. Spot on, Steve. You've, you've called it spot on. But what is going to be, if we get after Spurs away, yeah, if we get Spurs away in the quarterfinal of the league, in the semi final of the League Cup or the quarterfinal of the League Cup, assuming we'll beat Newport, which I think we will. What will be different? Like, like we never seem to learn. There, there doesn't seem to be like any introspection into how shit we are. So much of the time, yeah. It seems. Um, oh, sorry. Go on, but into you. Sorry. It seems like it's almost just easier to say sorry after you've done something wrong than yeah. than to just not do it at all or or you know learn from it. Yeah, and, and I, I made the point. I'm going to come to you in a, in a second, Ben. I made the point during the game yesterday, it's my fault. I, d- I deserve everything that's coming to me because my mentions on Twitter, <laughs> just for 24 straight, have been like the, the pro-Rafa and anti-Rafa lobby like going at each other just relentlessly. And I mentioned Rafa. And ba- I don't think I mentioned Rafa, but I said, I went to Spurs with you, Charlotte, in 2018 at Wembley, mm-hmm. second last game of the season. Um, Spurs finished third that year. And we just come up that year. And we played really well. Got beat 1-0, thanks to a great goal from Harry Kane. But we played really well. We had chances. We definitely deserved a point. We played four at the back. Um, we didn't have loads of the ball. I think we only had about 40% possession, maybe a little bit less. But like, how have, how have we regressed so much that there's no there's no way you could argue, even though we didn't pick a point in that game, we deserve to lose that game or be four or five goals down at half time. Yet here we are, £100 million plus spent, like how, like how have we got so much worse in in how we play the game? And we weren't great then, by the way. I'm not trying to, you know, this is the thing. People, I see this all the time on social media. It's like, oh, we play the same as we did under Raffins. Like, well, okay, number one, even if you think that was true and you thought that wasn't good enough, what's your justification for it still being shit? And then I don't think we do play. I think we're nowhere near as defensively organized and and. and Bruce has better players at his disposal. But that isn't the debate. I'm, I'm in dangerous territory here, even bringing it up. <laughs> um, I just can't get my head around how we are so bad, so consistently. Like, how is there no improvement? And we saw an improvement, by the way, at West Ham on the opening day. But that more and more, well, there's only been three games. That that looks like the blip. That doesn't look like the norm. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a fluke now, doesn't it? It, it does, and, and West Ham have kind of like that's obviously terrified West Ham into waking themselves up. And just thought, <laughs> Jesus Christ, comfortably beaten by these lads, something's wrong. Ben, you wanted to say something? I was, I was just going to say the only thing I can put it down to is, is Bruce he was showboating because he knew it was Jose, and he's got such a terrible record against the two. And it was like, well, we'll we'll give you the first forty-five minutes. Do do what you can, <laughs> but uh, we're we're going to like snake it at the end, no matter what. But yeah, it, it's it's just. There's too many, as as you say, you've made some really good points there. Like, he, Brucey, you, you talk about him being honest, and, and it's great that he comes out and recognises it. But he 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 would come out publicly, said like many times last season, and berate this formation and say, "I'm I'm stuck with these players. I'm stuck with this formation. This is how they've been taught to play for the last few years. So I'm stuck with it. But it's not it's not how I want to play." And and I and I don't think it works basically. And he and he came out regu- regularly. Um, with that sort of commentary at times, and yet he 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 now keeps going back to it, and it's like he he saw it, it didn't work last year, and yes, it did work under the the, the previous person who we're not going to mention, um, but things have so far moved on from from that now. It's the the players have forgotten everything they they learned under under that, and 
and now the with with Bruce Ball, it's uh, as you say, like the 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 players have got to be questioning, thinking bloody hell, like as if as you say, as if we're going back to this. He's, he he comes out and says regularly, "This is not the way we want to play." Why does he keep going to that? And surely, as you say, we've we've, we've had some some hammerings in 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 that formation. Like at some point, is he is he not going to take a bit of it? Well, it wouldn't even be a gamble, but but just have like. Do, do you know what? Like, yes, we, if, if if we played four at the back and we could get a hammer in, but it's 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 no worse than what should be happening in in this formation. We we got away with one, and it's out of sheer luck and the just just how poor Spurs are, are potentially playing at the minute. Um, that that we didn't get a hiding, and and really, it kind of, not obviously. I would never want Newcastle to to get beat, but. I wonder if we if we had have got a real real stuff in like a a six nil which it could have been as as I said I don't know would would that have been like the the, the final nail in the, that that coffin of that five at the back to finally get it through his head that that is not the way this this team can play in in his in in the way that he want, he he wants to try and play the football because if he keeps going back to it, as you say. You, you you can see him doing it again, repeating it. That as you say, if we get a big game in a in a cup or something like that, he did it against Man City um, last season, uh, and completely through. Basically, uh, I mean, it was obviously always going to be an uphill battle, but that was basically the, the equivalent of throwing a game. Um, if he does that again, like it, it's just what what is the point? Mm. No, d- definitely. And I think it was it was basically two games in the re- post lockdown football last season against Man City. Which we went back to this formation for, and, and both of them were a horror show. But the away game in particular, which like infamously Steve McManaman, after like praising Steve Bruce for nonstop for eighty minutes, says after eighteen minutes this could be ten. <laughs> and it's like not playing. And I want to I want to move on from the formation really quickly after this, but not playing the formation like doesn't fix everything. And and, and to be fair, you you can play that formation, and you don't have to just let the other team have the ball. Like you don't. You could you could press them. Up the halfway line, you can get your fullbacks forward. You can make sure that you pick the right players in the right positions, rather than like when you've got no centre backs, like you said, Ben, picking an extra centre back in the team or a centre back spot. So your best defensive midfielder has to play out of position. Like you, no one forces these things on on him or his management team. But like you know, after after that man City, off both of those Man City games, but the away game in particular, like nothing seems to have changed. And, and one of the most frustrating things for me is I'm talking about like tactical setups against Man City and Spurs, like they're remotely similar as teams. Like they're just they're just not. Mm. Spurs finished sixth last last season. Like only just Yeah, just like uh, with level, a couple of wins. Level, yeah. level on points with Wolves, I think. Yeah. So I mean Bennett, I mean you were talking about this earlier. This this surely was an opportune time to play Spurs. Would you agree? hundred percent. I mean the fact that they've they've literally been to the arse end of Europe um twice this week um <laughs> bulgaria and, and north macedonia where <laughs> apparently they would play with diff- different size goals and all sorts of shenanigans <laughs> ridiculous pattern i mean talk about I, love that talk, from the I know talk talk about uh conspiracies and everything ridiculous but um that that and and to be honest it's not as if he's he's rotating the team that much either um it, it it was just that 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 surely was a, a game to 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 press them and and to test their legs like they've <laughs> the, the fact that they're ridiculous amount of travel and played three times already this week I, I know we played obviously more but not all the lads play that um that that was surely an opportunity to to get into them and especially that they're, they're not in good form like they're not they're not playing well they've yes I, I think it was one of those where he's, he's respected the the names on the team sheet rather than looking at how they're actually playing um. As you say, Harry Kane's missed some great chances in that game. He's he's not particularly in in his top form. He's he's obviously got a lot of assists so far this season, but um, he's 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 actual finishing. He's he's, he's not uh, banging banging in the chances that you'd expect him to. And we saw that Dolo, as you mentioned before, made some great saves. And defensively, they're they're all over the shop. Like he's playing Eric Dyer at centre back. Um, it he he's got midfielders that he doesn't trust in La Celso. Uh, and 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 Dombele, uh, that he, he doesn't seem to to have a preferred um, position, a, a preferred sort of a team with those lads, and the, the, there was opportunities there for us to actually to to sort of 
take advantage of, of a bit of um I, w- I wouldn't say a bit of a there's obviously issues going on. I mean, the whole thing with Deli Ali has been sacked off. He's you've you've seen uh, the stuff with Danny Rose that's been going on. I, it wouldn't surprise us if there is a bit of tension in the in the background, and and that was the type of opportunity there where early on in the season they've, they've not had a great start. They've been travelling all over. We could have really frustrated them, and as you say, it's it's not just purely down to formation. It's the actual the the, the tactics that he implemented and, and the plans that he put there. I mean. Christ, the, the, it didn't look like there was a plan. None of the players seemed to, to be playing to If there was a plan, none of the players seemed to be playing to it. So um, it was just a, a, a real opportunity where this this Spurs, I mean, God's sake, we, we beat them last year with Joe Linton's only goal in the game <laughs> in the, in the first half of the season, sorry. <laughs> um, it's just like, we, they're, they're not, as you say, they're not a Man City. They, they've, they've got some great players and, and they, we made them look like that in the first half. But I, I just think that was an opportunity where we, we could have made it really, really difficult for them and, and we've let them off. We've made them look amazing. And yet still, we've, we've taken a point off them, which is just mind-boggling. Charlotte, we could beat Burnley next Saturday. It's not outside the realms of possibility. We should beat Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, that would leave us in October going in a, into an international break in the quarterfinals of a domestic cup competition in the top 10 of the Premier League, if not the top eight. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Do you think this is some <clears> sort <throat> of like witchcraft that has got us here? <laughs> what do you think, actually, you put enough decent players in the team, like a Callum Wilson, who will come on to, and actually, it might just be okay? Um, I think it's a mixture. I think Steve Bruce is the luckiest man in the whole world. Um, and... Yeah, I, 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 I mean, we could be, couldn't we? we? We could be, like, having our best season on paper in, in like, many seasons' time, couldn't we? Um, it, I struggle to think... I don't want to sound like Simon on this podcast, but um, I struggle to think that, you know, throw a few good players in the team and we're going to be fine. I, 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 can't, I, can't, I cannot get behind that theory. Like, there has to be... Uh, that will be debunked very quickly when we start getting a couple of injuries or when we start, you know, when, when, when uh, you can see how we've lost it. We lost ASM yesterday for yesterday's game. And I think that had a massive impact on our, on the quality of our, um, our forward, um, our forward game. So I, I don't think that putting good players in the squad is going to is just make everything okay. But, you know, having said that, everybody, you know, I, Alex and I were talking about it and he was like, do you think people should just shut up? Because top 10 and being in a quarterfinal is, is, is good. Um, that does excite me. The fact that we might be on a cup run excites me. But um, I don't think it's an overreaction to still be worried about the state of our side. Does that make sense? Because if we do, if we do beat Burnley, we're still we're st- we're in a really great position. But I, I, I'm still a little bit worried about it. I actually said, should we shut up? Not people, us. Yeah, but um, I don't read but, that. Yeah, people as well. <laughs> no, you, no, you're right, and it's like Newcastle United this season could be one of those like Christmas cards that Christmas that shows a really happy family. <laughs> all hate each other like that could be us that like to the outside world when we finish ninth if we finish ninth playing like we, this like this season it's just going to be horrific yeah but we get this yeah. like quite a lot though don't we like we finish you know 12th 13th and my you know friends and colleagues who don't support Newcastle are like what are you whinging about like that's a good that's <laughs> good I'm like it's not it's not good enough it's not ambitious and it's it's just it's just absolutely like it, like on cruise control, like nothing about it, and and it and it never would never get there that easily. So, yeah, I, I think I think outside looking in, yeah, it's like that Christmas card image, but I I can't I I can't get behind it as like actually everything's great and fine. No, definitely not. And uh, I think uh, if any of your friends and colleagues want to, you know. If you want to punish them at all, just make them watch the first forty-five minutes of that game. Or <laughs> if you want to torture someone, or Brighton, or yeah, or Brighton. That was good. <laughs> um, at least Brighton were good, though. Like Brighton were good. It was, a, it was shambolic from us, but Brighton were good. Three cheers for Brighton. Well done, man. <laughs> Burnley, 
weren't good. Like Spurs were a disgrace in the second half. And Ben made a re- I meant to say this before, Ben. You made a really good point. You know, I'm saying well done the team for doing a better in the second half. Spurs collapsed in the second half. Like you say, two like five thousand miles done in seven days. Plus the farce of, of having a game called off because of coronavirus and mm-hmm. having to train and having to keep yourself fit and, and healthy and then we turn up and are just like, here you go, lads. Take it easy for the first one. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll still should win the game. We'll we still should win the game. It was, like, it, was like, it was almost like a warm up for the like the, the warm up in the cool down, wasn't it? It's like get get uh, get those five thousand miles out your legs, lads. Have a bit of a runabout. We'll we'll stand off you. Let you uh, stretch out. It's like it's like I don't play anymore, Ben. You know this. I know you still play. You play FIFA, but it's like someone in the first half just played with their left hand only. To just let them have the best possible chance to go in three or four at half time, and then we turned up in the second half. That's great. Really... It was it was Brucey was showboating. <laughs> it's, it's that's really his tactic. Up. That's his tactic. So we've the old, the old rope the old rope a dope. I watched it with I watched yesterday's match with a Spurs fan, my the uh, with my friend Tess and her husband, and he's a Spurs fan, and and he sort of said, you know, it's typical Spurs, like we're just gonna we're gonna bottle this. You're gonna get an eighty seventh minute winner here, like we're just we're not we're, we're rubbish. You you almost deserve a point. Like I I can't get on board with us deserving a point from yesterday's um, show, but you they yeah he, they were rubbish. So you are right. It's, there uh, is something. I was just there is to, something. Yeah. There is something infuriating as a football fan about your team pissing away chances. Like, like I don't know if anyone listening remembers we played QPR at home in the championship and it was just like one of the angriest nights at St. James's Park in years because Perez missed like three one-on-ones. People were just getting angry because everyone knew, everyone knew in the ground that QPR were going to score. And we had that Kieran Clark ended up scoring a last-minute ridiculous own goal which Darlow is also he's come a long way <laughs> since but it was just so I get it from from your Spurs supporting friend's husband like there is just something when you're playing a really bad team like how are lads just fucking score yeah. again man score and turn the telly off and worry about something else for a week because it kind of you kind of have to blame Spurs a bit and you know to be fair to the lads they've, they've clearly been working all week on, on Joe Linton throwing himself into someone for a free kick. <laughs> um, if anyone hasn't seen that clip, it's on our Twitter of the free kick that led to the goal. It's it, You could argue Doggerty is planning to commit a foul, but Joe Linton um, <laughs> you know, does something. Joe Linton would probably be like yellow carded in rugby for that above the waist, straight into the chest challenge, and we got a free kick out of it. Um it's, that, it's, brilliant... it's it's the perfect video. I don't know if people have seen those memes where like someone falls and then they like they just stop falling through various the- like videos of in like scenes of various things. Like it it just goes absolutely flying. It he, he literally launches. It's like a flying headbutt type, <laughs> there, type yeah. thing into the bloke. Deserved free kick for Newcastle. John Joe, uh, who we're going to talk about right now, but John Joe floats it across, and Andy Carroll heads the ball not towards goal. But straight at straight at Eric Dyer's outstretched arm. And like I don't know about you two, but when you were watching it, as as soon as the the commentator said, "There's a VAR check here," it just thought penalty. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so many penalties these days in the Premier League. You just thought penalty. And when the, when when at first they didn't show the replay, at first they went the offside, like almost like the lads in the VAR studio, like desperate not to have a give a pen because. Of the <laughs> yeah. Like have a look for offside. I don't know. Please, like, yeah. Like, on, lads. As if, as if we get men ahead of their backline. <laughs> their backline all game. We're not going to start in the ninety-sixth minute. Um, and there, uh, and it's a penalty. And then it's just I'm delighted. Don't get us wrong. I'm still really pleased. Great pen from uh, Wilson. Like, yeah. Was it? Was it? It went in, mate. Bottom corner. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard great pen from Wilson. Yeah. Keeper got a pretty big hand to it. Nah, it was. Uh, that, that's 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 how good it was. No, 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 look, still couldn't take it out. He was probably like something disgusting, like six centimeters off the line, even if he had <laughs> to take it. retaken. Um, and t- I'll tell you what, we'll talk about Wilson now before Ben absolutely slayed Shelby. Um, <laughs> Wilson has get, been getting a lot of grief on Tottenham social media today because, unlike Steve Bruce, who did like the very you know statesman thing of saying the penalty rules are a disgrace, Spurs have been cheated. Carl Dollar won as the game, won as the game, got as a point. Um, 
And Spurs fans are really, really angry at Callum Wilson for just being genuinely buzzing about getting another goal. Um, how much have, have you been impressed by both the player and the man, Charlotte? I like him. I love that he did that. Came out and they were like, "What did you? Th- what do you think of this?" And uh, <laughs> I think he said it was marvelous, <laughs> <laughs> which I just love so much. What a word! I think it's absolutely marvelous. He was like, "Look, I'm a striker. I want to get a goal on the sheet. Like, I'm, this that that makes me happy." Um, yeah, I think he's excellent. I think he's an, a really, really excellent signing. Um, I can see that um, it must be frustrating for him. And you can you can see, I mean, he's he's got loads more um, skill and ability as that like number nine sort of position than, than Joe Linton does. But you can see that he that he's not being fed the ball. He's not getting a lot of um, a lot of opportunity and chances being created for him. But um I think he has, he has so much potential, and uh, and he clearly wants wants goals. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by him. I like I like that it riled everyone up. Like I like everyone being like, "Oh, that's ridiculous!" Like like absolute disgrace. Like why did you say that and stuff like that? It's like, well, you would. He scored a goal. He got a penalty. It's you know you can you can argue about the handball rule if you want to. But I think that's a different question. Let him have it. I really like him. Brilliant, totally agree. Marvellous. Yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. <laughs> his, his enthusiasm shines through, doesn't it? And the fact that he referenced missing, the it was a, a bad miss yeah. against Brighton. It was the opposite to like to Joe Linton. Do you know what I mean? Well, he did, all, he did all right in the second half yesterday. He influenced the game at times, which is more than he's done so far. He had a disastrous first half, but so did everyone, mm. apart from Darlow. Um, I just... And it's not fair to compare Joe Linton to Wilson because they're not the same player, even though they were bought to be the same player. And Wilson has a lot of Premier League experience and Joe Linton doesn't. But like I just feel Wilson takes a bit of responsibility and and like he, he knows he has to score goals for us this season. He was part of a team that he didn't score goals for last season and they end up getting relegated. So he knows that his job is to score goals and that's just like miles away from what we had for like the 32 games Joe Linton started up front last season. He also really wants to. And you you can tell, like he knows he has to, he knows that's his job there, but he's, he's very keen to do it as well. Like I think Joe Linton in theory must know that that's his job, but he doesn't seem at all enthusiastic about it. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, his manager has publicly come out and said that he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't really want to oh, score yeah, goals. Oh yeah. He doesn't like scoring goals. That's right. <laughs> um, he has to want to score goals would be a start. Yeah. Would be a start, but like being positive for a second, I'm not going to go overboard. You know, a couple of good turns, running with the ball a little bit better, not much end product. He did win that free kick and he, he wasn't just fouled. He had to engineer that free kick. Fair play to him. Um, <laughs> you know, we've we've talked about it a lot. There have been a few false stones for Joe Linton Spurs away being one of them last season. Same as Sheffield United at home. Same as the cup goals. Um, you know, it's probably the first time he's put a couple of decent performances together. He was good in the week, in the first half especially uh, at Morecambe. He was decent yesterday, Sunday, when we're recording this. So, baby steps in that. Baby steps. He still gets nowhere near my first 11. Mm. Uh, I don't know whether you guys would disagree with that. I doubt it. Um but yeah, that's like I'm I'm shuffling round the bottom of a very big barrel for some positives from yesterday. <laughs> and that, and that was one of them. The, um, the needle in the haystack. Yeah, Ben, um, John Joe Shelby, you're foaming. Yeah, he's. I, I, it's. I don't know where to start. To be honest, um, he had a really really poor game against Brighton and. What winds us up is he he does these petulant fouls that just just gets booked for for the for, for literally no point. It doesn't even it's not even like a good tactical foul or anything like that. Um, and it, it kind of just like it, he's going to get sent off one of these days where he, he does it too early and then and gets a stupid sending off and it's it's going to really cost us. We all know we all know what what he is. He's he's a, a talented player on on his game. He he can dominate dominate any. Well, not any game, but he, he can dominate um, certain, like a, a lot of a lot of other Premiership Premiership teams. But um, he's he's literally like a one in five, or he'll have a, a few good games a season where you show what he's capable of. But the consistency is just not there. And mm. um, we we saw under the previous manager, he, he, he 
he kind of saw through that and and I think got wise to it and, and thought actually we 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 would be better as a unit without a player like that in in the team because he he can get lazy and and he he doesn't do as much running as some of the other players and, and part of that is just because he's, he's not as athletic as them and, and he's he's obviously got his physical constraints. Com- I mean, comparing him to a an Isaac Hayden who's just a pure athlete, um, he's obviously not gonna gonna be able to do as much running as him, but. You, you can at least still like try like even when we're 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 in possession. Um, I, I don't think he's working hard enough to to sort of make either the, the runs forward um, off off the ball or or even getting in getting into space so that he can can impact games. He, he's kind of just like a bit of a passenger at the minute, and his only t- is he's he's in the team to be the creative spark in that team to be the playmaker. Like there's no other reason you play John Trichel. He's he's not going to be better than Hayden or or Hendrick or even one of the long staffs in terms of his defensive um, capabilities. He's in there to be a creative spark, and he's he's not doing it at all. And it's it's really really frustrating. And the biggest the biggest most frustrating thing is the fact that Bruce continues to pick him. There's absolutely no pressure on him. He's got no competition for that spot. And you think that the long staffs who who have well. Sean has featured quite a bit in, over the last couple of seasons um, ahead of ahead of Shelby. Um, appears to have regressed a bit, but he's and, and we've we've talked a lot about in terms of how a lot of the players seem to be getting worse under Bruce. But Longstaff, short Sean isn't even getting opportunities at the minute, um, and it's really really frustrating that he's he's he, he keeps playing Shelby and, and allowing these sort of five six out of tens and sixes probably. <laughs> too too much to be honest. Um, it just adds nothing to the team, and it it actually becomes a detriment when, if you're going to play a, 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 a plan like you, you try to play against Spurs, where you need to be pressing them, you need to be working hard, you need to sort of crowd their space. When you've got somebody that isn't doing that running, then it it just completely breaks everybody everything else down, and it's 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 really really hampering the team. Um, you've got Matty Longstaff who's just signed a deal. Like unbelievably, considering he seemed to be getting forced out of the the, the club at the back end of last season, when he, he he I think he got five minutes of that. Um, again, he's he's just dropped off the face of the earth, and, and God knows where where he is in terms of the pecking order. But the, these are players that could surely it's it's worth giving them an opportunity to see if they can 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 try and provide a bit of a spark. What what we've got at the minute isn't working. I think part of it is as well as is. is the, the players that he's playing around him. If you'd have told me you'll have Fraser, Almiron, and Wilson as a front three, then yes, I I, I can see where Shelby will, will have his worth in terms of his his range of passing is brilliant and and he could do something. But when it's it's Joe Linton on the left and, and Carroll on the right, um, like <laughs> he's basically got to play a pin a, an inch perfect pass to either their chest or their, their head to to get anything. It just doesn't work. Um, so the, in terms of his, his playing, it's it's really frustrating. The other thing I, I want to mention was about the the fact that he's, he's phasing these plays back in, and obviously he's brought Carroll back in as well. These aren't players that are that are necessarily ingrained in in the qualities that that we we started to really appreciate in this side. And the team that uh, came up from the, the championship and, and then survived the last last couple of seasons. There was a real fighting spirit. There was a real togetherness, like a team spirit, where they they were as a group. They were uh, greater than than the individuals in part, and it, you you just see someone like that, like these players coming in, where they they don't work as hard, and, and then it, it starts to have a an impact on the rest of the team. And and we talk about players regressing. I think that's a part of it. It's the fact that it, I don't think they're regressing. I think they're just. It's the fact that together as a team when they worked and, and the, when they worked out, outwork teams and they were difficult to play against they looked better and I think what's happening is you've got a couple of um, weaknesses in the team that are then exposing the, the the flaws in the individuals and that's why they look like they're regressing because they they, they don't look that they're not natural I mean you you wouldn't say Mankio would probably wouldn't get in I don't well maybe a couple of other teams in the Premier League but he's actually looked really good for Newcastle over the last couple of seasons and really earned his, his contract. But then you, you see performances where he's, he's been left out on his own to, to try and defend and, and, and teams having having their way. And it's just, there's there's too many sort of chinks in this team now where 
I think we're starting to get exposed. I think it's one of those where, um, as I say, the the it's it's a really fine balance where when you when you keep um, allowing players to get away with with bang average performances, it's going to have a detrimental impact on on surely on the on the squad morale. There's a, a brilliant piece in the New True Faith, um, totally about the new signings and how they compare statistically um, to the rest of the the rest of the players. And it's by John Petrie, and he includes a load of stats from from various players. And John Joe Shelby, per ninety minutes last season, averaged zero point three tackles. So he's not going to win you the ball back. Is Miguel Almiron going to win you the ball back? Nope. Jeff Hendrick might. Um, Joe Linton, not really. So what the plan was, it like how were we going to get the ball back yesterday, apart from either picking out the back of the net <laughs> or Cardolo making a save? And I think that's what I agree with your point there yesterday, where Shelby does have a, a role to play in this team. This team's top scorer last season. Mm-hmm. But surely, like you say, someone like Sean Longstaff with with his legs. I mean, Matty, God knows what's going on with him. You know, he signed a new contract. He's not been seen since pretty much, which is a, a real shame because... You obviously want to see him coming through and you know improving just, as a player. If he's not going to yeah, play, he needs yeah. to go on his own. He needs opportunities. Yeah, he's, he's still a, a relatively well. He's still a young young lad that, that he's needs really to be playing. Young. Yeah, he needs to be playing. Um, we can well if if not week in week out, he needs to at least be getting getting opportunities. And it's it's gonna it's not going to be <laughs> making him a better player. Not not playing any games with the first team, and it's just it's a massive waste of, of potential there. And I just think, as as you say, the, the thing with Shelby, it yeah, he's it, he's in there to 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 when we've got the ball. But that that's the point is that the pieces around him we've not got the right team around him either. So it's it's a waste of a spot if if you're going to try and play him that he's he's got to make these inch perfect passes. It's just it's not sustainable. No, it's not. And yeah, this is the thing. I would want to do podcasts and talk about other stuff than you know why the team selection was wrong, why the formation was wrong. And Steve Roos made a point in the week before the Morecambe game that he's only being criticised because we got beat, which is a really strange thing to say. Um, because yeah, that's you know when you get absolutely humiliated by a team like Brighton, who we finished above for the past thirty years or something, however many years. <laughs> You know, there has to be some sort of introspection. That's what worries me, and I mean this genuinely. And I would love to be wrong, but where is there the introspection that goes on to think, Jesus Christ, we got this wrong? Like, because because that was the case after Brighton, definitely the case yesterday when we played a knackered team who basically only had about fifty minutes in the tank, um, and 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 you know the way we played was if if you're a Spurs player, just like if you're a Brighton player. If you ask those players and their management teams, what do you want to face today? Basically, we want to place, face a team that doesn't press us on the ball at all, leaves plenty of spaces between the lines and allows us to run with the ball to the edge of the box. And we'll be able to get crosses, we'll be able to get balls in, um, we'll get play balls through the channels and we'll basically just get chances. Like We are a dream to play against and I appreciate we've got a point and I'm delighted we've got a point. It was hilarious. I didn't think we could top the undeserved hilarious point that we got at Everton. But we did, so we're breaking records every week, mm-hmm. and that's great. But I'd rather we just put in a competent performance and the, and the lads on the pitch had some semblance of a clue of what's going on. And I hate to say this because, you know, everyone listening, most people listening will know how much I hate Aston Villa. But you look at a team like Aston Villa, our rivals. You look at a team like Brighton, our rivals. You look at a team like Leeds, um, Everyone in those teams, when you watch them play this season, every one of those players seems to to know where they're supposed to stand, know where they're supposed to run. There are partnerships all over the pitch with those teams. Those teams, the pass and move. These aren't teams. These aren't Spurs. This isn't Man City. These are our rivals. Teams, in fact, that I'd argue all three of them we should be miles ahead of, miles in terms of our resources and, and where we are as a football inside. And these teams just look better than us. And that's a real concern for me about what where our season's going. And Burnley's a massive game. You know, we'll play Newport tomorrow night. I thought Newcastle were excellent last week against Morecambe. They did right approach, right team, well played. We managed to take none of that <laughs> into Saturday, um, which is a real concern. And that also feeds the idea that 
there just there just isn't really much going on behind the scenes, and I'd, I'd love to be proved wrong, but you know what are we? I don't know, what, 12, 13, 14 months into the job um, for Steve Bruce, and I still could not tell you how he wants his sides to play. Couldn't tell you. Um, apart from hit the ball long to Andy Carroll when he's in the team. Um, and like I mentioned earlier in the show, the team doesn't have an identity. The the, the players, like, you know, look at yesterday's first half performance and aspects of the second half performance. Look at the performance against Brighton. There are too many players out there who don't have a clue what they're supposed to be doing. And it needs sorted out. But the, the, the beautiful thing about football is there's always the next game. And we have a great chance against, I think, Burnley, are they 19th? 20th, yeah, lost mm. lost two out of two Burnley so far this season. What an opportunity to put some of the, these things right, and and we're heading to some tough games against Wolves and Manchester United with with a little bit of hope. So you know, all is not lost. The season isn't over yet, but Jesus Christ, it's hard work at times watching this football club play and watching this team play. Charlotte, you just want to talk about Carl Darlow a little bit more, and I realise <laughs> I've not. We keep saying, oh, we'll, we'll get to Carl Darlow. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, uh, everybody knows what I'm going to say. I I love Martin Dubravka. I think he's an incredible goalkeeper. But yesterday, Carl Darlow was absolutely on a par with him on a good day. Like, Spurs, as we've said, should have been 5-6-0 up at half time. They did hit the post a couple of times, but Darlow made some incredible saves, including really early on, I think, there was a... Um, a bit of a scuffle and 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 he and he got the rebound as well it, it looked a bit a little bit tense um but not just that i mean he, he was the hardest working player on the pitch yesterday he was absolutely brilliant and um and yeah i get, what else to say he was just excellent and um I, i'm really you know i'm i'm quite bolstered by that because i think having you know, martin Dubravka on our side is is excellent he's so good and when we went like when we were at West Brom in March um, for that cup game, I said that Darlow's good, but he sort of you know he there are a lot of rebounds. He pushes it out and and it comes back. There is still a little bit of that, but I think he's just he's working so 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 hard. He wants to prove. I think with the keepers, there's probably that really nice element of competition that we don't have in the rest of our squad because we don't have the squad depth. Um, that that you do like you you want Martin Dubravka to come to get back to full fitness and be like actually we're not he's not going to be our first choice right now because Darlow's done so well so I think uh yeah I think that sort of competition's fared really well for him within our squad and he was just excellent yesterday well said <laughs> I think that just about does it for our show today hope you've enjoyed it we'll be back next Sunday uh the day after the Burnley game this week on Patreon, we have Andy Griffin on the preview. We have uh, a post-match podcast straight after the game against Newport and also a full review of, uh, or preview even, of the Burnley game. Uh, thanks for listening. Like I said, new issue of True Faith out. If you like Newcastle United, uh, give it a go. <laughs> that's, that's the last I'll say on the matter for a week until the next show. Thanks to Charlotte and Ben. Uh, hope we'll play better against Burnley next week. We can't play any worse. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>